dig it. Go cool and add a ball. And I'm looking. comedy coming here to fear and loathing in cinema podcast today from 2001 i'm brian kluger and i am joined by the three hosts with the most oh my goodness uh where are we gonna start out well we're gonna start out with the man in denton texas the man who i like to go to pedro o'horny's with every friday afternoon preston barta how are you Doing great. Just over here admiring my portrait of Nancy Reagan and my expired condom and my $2 that I got left in my bank account. Good deal. I like to hear that. It's good to see you, Preston. Um, Up next, some fucking random person in Florida that we met in the lesbian chat rooms, Chelsea Nicole. How are you? (laughs) That was good. (laughs) That was good. God damn it. No, I'm just, I'm ready to get my lift ticket punched. So let's go. All right. I like that. Um, And the man that lives in Austin, Texas, our man of the law. And when his motto in life is all of ours, everybody Wang Chung tonight. Dan Moran, how are you? This is a deep cut. I, I am doing great. I don't even know what to say about that intro, but I will accept it. <laughs> I will yeah. accept it. Oh, it's goodness. looking a little hairy, just the way Brian likes it. Oh yeah, we're gonna get. I'm just a hairy chest trying to keep it innocent always here on the show. Uh, but uh, yeah, we are talking on Fear and Loathing Cinema podcast today about the November 21st movie that was released November 21st for Thanksgiving in 2001. The movie Out Cold. Directed by the brothers Emmett and Brendan Malloy, who uh, have done a bevy of music videos uh, (laughs) along with their work with the White Stripes, which is pretty crazy. But at some point in time, they made this movie Out Cold, which stands to a test of time, really. It is a romantic vulgar comedy that i wish can still be made today because it is so much fun and so funny and an insane cast of people including zach galifianakis david kochner keckner um david denham Louis Arquette, the one, the only Lee Majors, and of course, one of the twins, Jason London. Uh, we're we're going to get to all this. And then a crazy cameo from Richard Donner out of nowhere. Um, 
so out cold a movie it's based so basically we're not going to talk about out cold we're going to talk about the movie casablanca because this movie yeah. out cold is a remake of casablanca uh in very many ways <laughs> god damn it's so funny to say that uh okay first out cold 2001 9 11 never forget two months later we get out cold uh where were you when the uh out cold were released chelsea um i was what in ninth or tenth grade i'm i'm thinking back to 9 11 <laughs> <laughs> did you see this movie in theaters no i've never seen this oh you're a virgin to this okay yeah all right and like initial reaction <laughs> I hate that I love this movie. <laughs> it's so good. It's like a good, it's a good like three stars on Letterboxd for me. We'll get into why, but um, this is one of those very raunchy 2000s, early 2000s comedies that I wish they could still make today. Um, but I also, I'm okay with them. Just look, just looking back at the nostalgia. But yeah, I love this. Good, good. Good to hear. Uh, Dan. Were you a projectionist in 2001? And did you watch this? No. Um, I Once I started watching this the other night, I vaguely remember seeing it once before this. So I don't, I mean, there were parts where I was like, oh, I remember this. I remember that. But I, it was completely blown out of my mind. Like, I don't, I didn't remember enough of it except for like certain scenes, like the how much beer can you keep in your uh mug as you ski down all that sort of stuff king of the mountain like i remember those little things but i had so i'm gonna say that i was a partial virgin um because <laughs> i don't remember i don't remember i don't remember it that's fun but but did you like it still it's a time machine movie like i get why i liked it then um <laughs> You still don't it's, like it now, though? It's a no, no, no. I'm saying like it's a time capsule. Like, so I enjoyed it for the nostalgia factor, if that makes sense. Like, putting this movie on made me feel like I was back in high school watching this kind of movie and finding it to be super entertaining. If it were to come out today, um, and I I'd had love to go it more. see it, and I had and I would have to go see it, I'd be like, all right, well, there's there's the there's a movie. You know, like I don't know if it would connect to me the way that it did then, nostalgia-wise. But I did okay. not like it. I was, I'm simply saying, like, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> what that movie on me. this podcast is? Yeah, so it's the greatest movie. Uh, Preston, you were ten at the time. Eleven? That this movie. Eleven. 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 Did you watch it in the theater? I sure did. Fuck I, yes! It, this probably movie blew your little mind. It yeah, I saw it whenever I was not watching Harry Potter. Like true story. Like I would go see Harry Potter a lot because it came out the same month. And then uh, after I finished that movie, I would hop theaters and go see this one. Yeah, uh, I, I like that. I, I was I, like that I was twenty. I was at college in Kansas, and I remember seeing it in the theater because. I went to the theater a lot in college and I I don't know I think I like saw the trailers like this looks like the kind of movie and I loved it and I still like remember certain aspects of the movie 
to this day that I laughed at so hard, um, which we'll get into. But I mean, this movie, again, is a, a remake of Casablanca, if you can believe it. A lot of the same dialogue and the same kind of uh, action pieces. Yeah, yeah, sequences are in here. Uh, and it's kind of makes fun or pays tribute to those old 80s like ski school comedies where it's a group of you no know, idiots uh and friends running a ski resort that are having fun teaching ski lessons and some asshole tries to come in and fuck it up and in this one it's a um it's a wealthy kind of texas texas mogul comes in and tries to buy up the town and turn it into something that makes money which now as for a 42 year old i get uh but back then you don't want to root for him but we asked this question online uh to people uh is there a celebrity because the celebrity in this movie is lee majors and he's like mr majors in the movie uh is there a celebrity that you would want to come up and buy your town and like make it better or worse and who would it be uh, Dan. So um, I got a good answer online from somebody who said Adam Scott, but in his character from Parks and Rec. Because that Ice happened clown, in Parks and Rec, Ice, right? Yeah, he, he took over as mayor. It was like Ice Clown or Ice, like Ice Town. Ice Town Clown Goes Down or something was the headline. <laughs> um I thought that was a really good answer. As far as a celebrity coming to take over um, where I am, you know, I'm I I guess I'm just gonna say The Rock. Seems like does that mean? I mean, it's very true. Would you prefer like The Rock? Take, yeah, if he, yeah, I mean, we're already in Round Rock. Well, more than Alex Jones. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, and Joe, and Joe, and Joe I don't Reagan, think he can who... afford it anymore. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so it wouldn't be Alex Jones. Um, <laughs> But yeah, The Rock. We're already in Round Rock. It fits with his name. We could have everyone in town have to cut wrestling promos for like bonds to like expand schools and like zoning things. Imagine how fun that would be if he was just the mayor of Round Rock being like, shut up, bitch. <laughs> just screaming yes. at people. It would be amazing. <laughs> uh, Preston, what do, what, 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 do, what do you think? Um, I would say the fucking dork Austin Butler. <laughs> he is a fucking dork to be fair though to preston's answer here and i don't want to step on it but to be fair. he would be really good because he would be you know he would uh method act his way to be a really good mayor yes he would and he would do it really well um uh, i don't know what my honest pick would be i i i think if i i would like to say it'd be something fun like jeff goldblum but at, at some point in the day you want some things to get done I mean, Matthew McConaughey is pretty much the mayor of Austin, so you have that. Uh, Emmanuel Ocho, like he has a real good head on his shoulders, and I think he would actually get some things done. Um, but I got some fun answers. Uh, some people sent me Ryan Reynolds, Jack Black, Bill Hader. Uh, my favorite was Danny DeVito. Um, that, that, that'd be great, because he, he was a great mayor in Batman Returns. It's yeah. true. He would be a great mayor as Frank Reynolds. Christmas yes. year round. Christmas year round. Yeah. Batman returns. Blasting. Uh, I, I responded to somebody's. Nobody read mine. 
I didn't oh. read yours. I didn't read your wait. You put one? I don't see it. I don't see one. I could have sworn I responded to somebody's. None like, of mine. Damn it. Maybe y'all blocked me. That is very I feel like I put Bill Cosby. <laughs> oh yes, I just sorry, I just found it. You definitely said Bill Cosby to me. Who else did I say? Uh <laughs> you said you said Bill Cosby and uh Donald Trump, which obviously was a joke. He was but, but Bill Cosby wasn't. Nah, yeah. Bill Cosby, yeah, he seems like he gets stuff done. No. Just imagine waking up and the whole town being rearranged. OJ. Yeah. OJ. Uh Chelsea, who who are who are you picking to run your town? What celebrity? Well, I feel like I'm gonna go with an unofficial celebrity that already kind of runs Miami, and that's Drake. He uh <laughs> he contributes to the local uh economy. He gives a lot of uh he gives a lot of girls Chanel bags. And you know, it's just he loves a lady. That's what women want, right? Chanel bags? Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but I women mean... Be, women be shopping. Women... <laughs> <laughs> you cannot stop a woman from shopping. Women be shopping. Um, yeah, I don't... I. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go... I'm going to go Drake, or if I was to go really funny, I'd go Pitbull, Mr. 305. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, that's your mayor. He's already your mayor. Oh, he kind of is. I think I also put Vince McMahon in my answer. That's what it was. I didn't scroll far enough. You went, yeah, you went Bill Cosby, Trump, and Vince McMahon. You're really just, that town is going to be awesome. Yeah, Vince McMahon would run a good town, runs a tight ship. Um, We put this uh, question to Reddit. We got about 60 comments uh elt zero p zero said keanu reeves he's a guy who really cares about people and looks for solutions i agree with that that's a good one yeah peter friend 86 said pablo escobar for all the atrocities he treated his town fairly well that's which is actually a true statement that is actually very true if we just have to be quiet about him uh, and, and live in luxury that sounds good yeah um, the coronator said Dolly Parton, she already is pretty much oh. more respected than any politician here in Tennessee. It's a logical step. It's fair. Uh, D-O-U-G said Paul Rudd. Uh, let's see. Environmental gift said Bill Murray. Mm. No. Nothing, nothing no. would get done. <laughs> He's too chaotic. Uh, Scooter McJohnsonator said Shaq, hands down. Super cool dude. <laughs> Shaq was Same mentioned on our last movie. podcast. Um, content talk said, "Gonna say Taylor Swift." Um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. yeah, but she would name the whole town after a boyfriend that she hated. Like it'd be like "fuck Travis" or something like that. Yeah. Um, Arrow Lucietti said, "I'd allow Sigourney Weaver to run my city, not just because she was smoking hot and alien, but she's actually kind of smart and is indeed a college graduate." That is. <laughs> that's that's I, a that's a comment. That's yeah, a, I was gonna say. I like that she's hot as fuck, but kind of smart. That guy's working. Through, that guy's working through some shit. That's. I would just say she's the smartest. Was that four uh, chan? Was that a comment from four chan? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, this, this broad this 
this broad's fucking hot. She's also kind of smart. I think she graduated from college. Do you put these? Do you ask these questions to like Infowars? Oh, right. Yeah. Oh man, uh, the full boat said Tom Green circa 1999. The the most common oh, answer boy. we're getting is Keanu Reeves and Ryan Reynolds, but Naive Jacket came in and said John Wick. John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's Hedgehog Dry, OJ Simpson. Oh, good stuff. Hedgehog It's uh yeah, there's a couple of Dolly Partons, Nick Offerman. Uh oh, Money yeah. Professional 302 said Polly Shore. I hate my town. <laughs> 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 That's the funny one. Uh, but that happens in this that happens in this movie. Um out cold, uh, when like this major celebrity comes in runs it yeah and it's basically the the skids that are doing all the lessons every year trying to keep it how it is and it's an insane movie that plays out like again like casablanca but it is so silly and so crazy and it's like this comedy this romance and some incredible action sequences that are on par with like maybe james bond in like a snowy mountain and it's all like all into this silly spoofy movie that i think has a little bit of heart um with some great comedic takes on it but what overall why do you think this movie failed because this movie is sitting on like an eight percent right now and what, i think that's what's way the too audience much. score uh let me look I'm looking right now. The audience score. So it's 8% Rotten Tomatoes and it's 84% audience score. That's that, huge. That might be the largest gap I've ever heard of. Yeah. I mean, if we're just being honest, like that might be. That's, that's like almost an 80%. <laughs> that's insane. That is holy cow. Yeah. So people like this movie. But why do you think critics hated it? Because. I, I'm looking at it as, you know, maybe back in 2001 or in earlier, critics just were had their nose up their ass. And we had, I mean, and a lot of film critics back then were only writing for newspapers or magazines or on TV. They wouldn't have online outlets and have this kind of community of people championing these types of movies. But I was like, how do you hate this movie? Because it's, it's sweet. It's funny. How do you, I mean, no, it's not, I mean, it's got the Casablanca angle. What, why do you think it failed that much? I, I was going to say, Brian, you were, you were a critic in the 50 years ago. Can you give us some insight into why? Uh... <laughs> I liked this movie when I saw it. I was telling everybody to go see it. I don't, I don't know. I, I was one of the ones that loved this movie and championed. I've always been in Champion the, the grindhouse in the crazy weird movies exploitation and i tried to get people into that i think i kind of did that i don't want to i don't want i don't want to like say it but i think i helped preston get there with some of the horror and the weird movies a little bit right is that is that true to a degree i mean i was into a lot of that stuff but you opened the door wider yeah so i, I i've always Lived liked that Huh? Yeah, the what? Danny DeVito style. Danny DeVito style. <laughs> and I, I remember seeing it, it's like, man, the, 
and it, this was like Zach Galifianakis before he was famous. And I like, like saw like, wow, that guy is so talented because of his delivery and how funny he is. And I just had a good time with the movie. And I was trying to figure out like some of these critics, how do you not have a good time with this movie? You don't have to compare everything to the Godfather or Casablanca or Goodfellas. You know, you can review a movie based on its own. You don't have to like, there's this standard and checklist. You're like, no, we're going to go see this ridiculous movie. Did you not laugh in this movie? Did you not smile? Like that deserves something more than an 8% to me. And I'm just trying to sure, did, did any of you see things wrong with this to warrant such a low rating? No. Not, not to the yeah. level that it is, but I think what, once again, the movie didn't make any money either. No. Like it bombed at the box office. So the peop the self-selecting few who this, as Preston said, this was during the height of Harry Potter. This was when Fellowship of the Ring came out. Um, it was right after 9-11. So the self-selecting people, which there weren't many of based on the box office, who went and saw it were looking for this type of comedy escape, which is probably why the audience score is so high. And I don't know. We talk about this every week, but critics... If, if they're not feeling it, and we also have to remember, we use Rotten Tomatoes just as a guideline, but Rotten Tomatoes sucks um, for the most part because there'll be a movie where they're like, it was okay, you know, it's fine for a rainy Sunday afternoon, and they'll be like, slam it with a rotten. You know, it's just like, it's not an exact science, but I do think that critics, I, I don't want to blame 9-11, but were people just looking for an escape? <laughs> I mean, honestly, we're like, if it... If this came out six weeks after, were people just really into this? Was the height of fantasy? This was, like I said, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, these huge escape movies, and maybe a derivative comedy about a rich guy trying to take a town with with a group of idiots, which sounds great to me. wasn't really what anyone was looking for, and so they just used the reason to complain about it. I think had it's... we already, had we already moved over to like Iraq, Afghanistan in the timeline or no that was march <laughs> march of 2023 okay. that true wait what that was march 2023 that when we went to war 2023 2003 oh 2003 that's what i meant 2003 march so it was a while i remember that because fair, i was on we spring break on a cruise <laughs> not a cruiser missile lucky you yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh no yeah what what do you think what Preston what do you think uh I, I I'm sure the the appetite after nine eleven like Dan said was probably not up this this movie's alley I mean American Pie was pretty celebrated and it's essentially the same type of humor and everything like you know it's Porky's like all that stuff just horny people um. And then, but I, I would argue that's probably a little more compared to like something from the eighties. It has a little more going on uh, with it. That's uh, fun and enjoyable. So I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. I, I just think that, yeah, maybe it was a more of an elite club uh, back in the day. Um, I think you may be on to something with the whole newspaper angle. It's just like, uh, we got power. I, I don't know. I'm making, I'm, over generalizing the whole thing i suppose the ethics and film journalism i mean so but I, bottom line it just doesn't make sense to me 
Yeah, yeah it, does, it doesn't make sense because it, it, it's, it's a great, I mean, you feel good after you watch it and it's it, it's wonderful. So we talked about this on the show before, things that hold up and things that don't. There are a lot of moments in this movie where the comedy is at an all-time high, but they're using language <laughs> that you don't use anymore. Like, for instance, Lee Majors calls the guy well, who's supposed to be uh, what? Say yeah i'm gonna he say just, it he's just he quoting the movie he's no no yeah i'm not quoting the movie i could say it no they're, they're the guy who so they're the guy that runs this town named munson and he died his his son was supposed to take oh. over the town but is trying to sell it to get money and make it better and when lee majors comes in he just constantly calls this son who's a kiss ass a uh, retard constantly through the movie and just like to his face and i mean it's it's so funny to hear it and like the guy just doesn't i mean it comes uh, it full circle at the end because they get into it in a, in a fight but then like they uh do the gay slurs too like only at the beginning of the movie but uh i don't know do you I find this stuff funny and I don't know why it's not done anymore. And I know we talked about it, but I think within this movie and then in this universe, do you, do you feel offended by any of it? I don't think it's coming from a bad place. I felt less offended in this movie than I did me, myself and Irene, mainly just because of me, myself and Irene is a mean spirited movie through and through. I feel like there's a lot of charm to this movie with Lee Majors, like he's clearly an asshole in this. And so he can pr practically just get away with saying whatever he wants because he is the asshole and that that's it. Um, so yeah, like you said, like the, it, the, he, it's funny that it didn't occur to me until you said that that guy's name is Munson, that he's also in Kingpin. Yeah, the Munson, the yeah. Roy Munson, real <laughs> Munson. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I think it's it's fine here because there's there at the end of the day there's love shown towards all the characters, even the one that has all the gay slurs or uh, thrown thrown his way and all that. So I think yeah, at the end of the day, it still comes from a place of love, even if they are making jokes about it. But I, I it it seems more harmless to me than it did with uh, me myself and Irene. Good good stuff. Do y'all agree with that? Yeah, it's it's like yeah. when we talked about the hangover and me, myself and Irene, when they throw in some of the gay slurs or some of the words and then you're like, oh, yeah, this was 2001. It's just yeah. like, yeah. you know, South Park did a whole episode about how gay doesn't mean <laughs> or um, yeah, like that's gay or homo wasn't an insult to mm -hmm. homosexuals. It was just, you know, not gay like as in you, but gay as in like it's lame. And somehow that was a pervasive thing all throughout middle school and high school um, throughout throughout America. So so for me, it was just like a, a quick like, oh. And then I was like, oh, yeah, this is 2001. Like, that's kind of how people talked. Very yeah. open. Have you, ever, have you ever gone through your Facebook memories and looked at some of your statuses that you put up? <laughs> yep. And every time they pop up, I delete, I delete them. them. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Um. So I, I have I have I do have a gripe with this movie out cold. Uh, uh oh. Uh oh. And I and I'm upset about it. Okay. Oh. 
This movie needed way more tits because there's so many elements that there's like supposed to be titties in this movie and there's not. There's there's butthole of people. There's butts, but there's no titties. And there's tons of titties in this movie. People get topless in this movie every 10 minutes, but we don't see any of it. And I'm scratching my head like, why did I? Why? Do you don't think it was needed? It's I think PG-13. it was needed. Huh? It's PG-13. It is, but it feels like it should be rated R. Yes, but if you want you want tits, you you go through the MPAA and you get a cut for R. You watch Hot Tub Time Machine 2. Yes, but like, I mean, going to it, they couldn't show titties in this movie, but they showed Zach Galifianakis getting a blowjob from a polar bear and putting his dick into it's a It's insinuated. Jet. They don't show no, it. No, no, no. <laughs> I watched are, that whole movie. They, they no. did not show it. <laughs> yeah, they didn't show anything. Where's your box of porn? You put in the wrong DVD again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is right by me, right here. I can touch it. <laughs> Planet... <laughs> Brian was watching instead of Planet Earth, he was watching Planet Girth. Guys, <laughs> 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 fucking polar bears. But like, did, wait, was it? Wait, did it make the movie funnier by not seeing that? Because like, I'm I'm specifically talking about that dream sequence that Pigpen has, and it's like the it's the it's the James Bond sequence. He jumps out of a helicopter and parachutes down like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible onto a ski lift full of like a dozen women and they all get topless. <laughs> I, I don't think the nipples would have made it any it, funnier. I was just, that's, that's I was just it's, it's say, still It's still accomplished that, what it needed to. How does okay. that add anything to it? It just feels gratuitous at that point. But yeah. we're this movie is gratuitous though, right? right now, Brian. The what? So we're exposing you right here, right now, Brian. The only, sick. The only way it would have been funny. <laughs> man who loves tits. Yeah. Because it was like a dude who loves titties, man. Why? <laughs> because it was a dream sequence, I guess it would have been funny if all the women turned around and they all had like the bare chest of like one of his ski instructor guys, like a hairy yeah. guy chest, and it turned into a nightmare and he woke up. Like I would have chuckled at that. But as far as just being like, here's all these beautiful women's boobs, I wouldn't have been like, ha ha ha. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying in this type of movie on our on our show, what we did earlier today, my bloody podcast, the movie Leviathan, there's titties in that movie, which is crazy, but there's not an out cold. Okay. All right. Leviathan, but it, 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 R, dude. But this movie's all about like like a lot of the movie is these Hulk, guys want to keep things Hulk, the man. same because they want like they're always talking about getting chicks at the at the ski resort. Like that's like their goal, right? And I feel like the guys that always talk about getting chicks are the ones that never see the titties. True. That's true. That's very true. That's that's very true. I mean, that except was, for this movie when Pig Pen gets the married. girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop. So I, I I don't know. That's that, that was my gripe. I think my my one big gripe because I just maybe I just want the R-rated director's cut of this. Uh, you are you are such a strange man. You you really are. Like I I love you, but your your biggest complaint about this movie was I wish there was another cut so I could have seen approximately three to four seconds of boobies. <laughs> there was there was a lot of side boob. Like I I was actually, I was actually 
surprised by how much side boob there was in a PG-13 movie. Oh, yeah, even, the, even even when they the have sex, days. they have sex with clothes on. They Ooh. do, as God intended. At the at the very end, <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, I don't know. That's what that's what I that's what was my biggest gripe. But you said like I'm a strange man. So Dan, what was your biggest gripe? Besides, I mean, why? Yeah, I. Honestly, my biggest gripe was after watching the movie, I went to YouTube to try to see like, what are the big favorite scenes, you know, and the car prank came up a million times. It's like this as this like huge thing. And when I watched it, I was like, I think Zach Galifianakis got a little too angry. (laughs) No, that was so good. I wrote that down. It's so great. I mean, because that that is a joke that takes a lot of people and Zach's reaction to that seems so genuine and so funny and he was so upset and embarrassed (laughs) my but you asked what my gripe was my gripe was that that's the most like that's the most youtubed or memorable scene when you just like google this movie people talk about the car prank and i thought that there were i was just surprised that that was the scene so i'm griping with people who actually liked the movie which wasn't technically what you asked but there's my gripe um is that that seems to be the number one scene where where I felt like the dream sequence or King of the King of the Mountain. Um, I liked those scenes a lot more, and I also loved. Um, I ca- I'm going to call him Roy from The Office. His entire scene yeah. when he was like coming out, and they're like, "You're gay." He was like, "What? No!" It just it was. I don't know why. It, I'm adopted. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> While we're talking about it. Oh yeah, everybody does the black power, and then he goes. Eh. <laughs> and it also, like the floppy as, hand. as they were, the other thing was is like for how crass this movie was, like no one in the movie was not going to be friends with him or buddies with him be, because he was coming out. They all knew he was gay. They were just waiting for him to come out and accept it on his own. So it was kind of like wholesome. I mean, there were inappropriate jokes, but it was kind of wholesome in its own way that he was mm-hmm. doing that. And I love the fact that I laughed the hardest where every time they kept saying, but, but you're gay, you're coming out. He just kept getting more like stereotypical yeah. feminine as he was arguing that he wasn't. I, yeah. I thought that was just brilliantly funny. I, I love him hanging his arm and he's like trying to like flex his muscle. Like if I was her, I'd be getting with every dude in this mountain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, it's so good. And I think it's like those lines that make the movie because watching it again, there's so many little nuanced little jokes in the movie uh, that crack me up still to this day. Like when the, all the guys have to go get a drug test and Pigpen says, I don't have to pee in a cup to tell you I take drugs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a great yeah. one. I was like, I have got to say that in real life. <laughs> That's a- Thomas, Thomas Lennon was hilarious too. Oh, this God. was before Reno 911, right? Yeah. He was yeah. just so funny in this He movie. was so I mean, good. And he just uh he 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 sells like, like that asshole. He's like the one asshole. He's like the David Spade and PCU guy. And he's yes. so he's so great. And then like it's when Zach Galifianakis has sex with the jet and like the next day somebody asks him was it worth it <laughs> it's like is it a you have a rough day he's like not the worst not the worst <laughs> night i've ever had it's yeah. so good yeah. D- it's like David the little Coach things that. like that that yeah. kill me in this movie because it's just 
oh god it's i I don't know Uh, why but it makes me happy i'll tell you my favorite line or favorite bit in this whole movie and it's when uh so our our main character um uh rick his his uh love so like casablanca like his his long lost love anna um who he had like three weeks in uh, mexico with um has come back into his life in in alaska and so we find out that anna had been engaged the whole time and so her boyfriend or her fiance comes into town and we find so all the guys are like we're gonna kick his ass we're gonna make sure he knows and so you find out that he's (laughs) he's in a wheelchair and then Pigpen walks over there and he's like are you a cripple guy? <laughs> like talking to him as if he's stupid. It's, he's like, no, I'm just a real lazy guy. <laughs> and then he punches okay. his legs. Oh my God. He, he can't so feel funny. it. He can't feel it. No, yeah. we, we, like, it's like the whole, he thought he was like deaf or retarded or something <laughs> like that. And it was just so <laughs> funny. Helen Keller, it's all together. You know? Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but do you know what I didn't know about Barry? Barry is played by Todd Richards. Yeah. And it's uh he's he was like a member of the 1998 US snowboarding team. Yeah, it, but he's yeah. in the uh, he's in a wheelchair the but whole He never time. leaves the fucking wheelchair. <laughs> which is genius, which is great. He probably loved that and that he got to play that type of role. I'm sure which I think is really funny. Um, it, there, there's so many good moments of the movie. And so did, did when y'all watch this, especially Chelsea watching this for the first time, did you catch the Casablanca of it? Oh, absolutely. But I, I don't think everybody's going to catch that. I mean, um, I mean, I, I think there's two moments in the movie where they will would, and that's the beginning and the end when it's like, yeah. you'll always have, Paris, but we'll always have Pedro O'Hornies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or even like the bar with the song. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's an element. And then of course the plane at the very end, like you're getting on that plane. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I like I, I think that's funny. And I do you think like anybody came aboard it's like we're remaking Casablanca? I'm I'm sure that was like a, a added layer of cleverness, I suppose, to an otherwise like dude bro movie, you know. Yeah. And I love that this movie is such a product of its time in 2001, where everybody was still in chat rooms on like AOL, and they were talking yeah. about the lesbian chat rooms. And of course, like it's just all dudes, right? <laughs> Getting in there, and in the movie, before it's catfish. Yeah, it was Thomas Lennon and Pigpen. And that's such a great joke because that's probably how true that was. And by the way, it was like, what was it called? It was like lesbianchatroom.org or something like that. It was like Girls Night or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. I actually went to that website last night uh, when I watched it to see if it was actually a real thing. It's not. (laughs) The domain is for purchase. (laughs) Yeah. I should. We'll see how much it is. Um, but like, even with like, so, like the $6 million man, um, Lee majors, Lee majors yeah. in here, mm-hmm. there's like references to that, but even his comedy in the movie is great when he's talking about all of his wives and yeah. he's like going through it. He's like, I just hired a Russian trainer. Look out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, exactly. uh, it's good moments, but I think under all of this 
comedy and vulgar uh, humor, there's like a sweetness of somebody who got their heart broken, even though it was just over like a week in Mexico. <laughs> He's like trying to deal with like not being loved and still in love with this fantasy girl. And the other side, there's this girl right in front of him that like loves him so much. And uh, I, I like that aspect and how it turns out. Do y'all did y'all go yeah. on that journey? Yeah, at, at that age, a week in Mexico is like, like a ten year marriage. Like, <laughs> you could fall tell me, hard, Dan, did you, know you know have I mean? this like, type of scenario? No, but I mean, everyone remembers meeting someone in high school or in college and being like talking to someone, and be like, "This could be it. This this yeah. girl's amazing." No, I, like, I remember going. And you realize, like, we talk. I talked to her for twenty five minutes at a bar. Yeah, <laughs> like so they capture it. Yeah. yeah, you know what? You know what? My biggest gripe in this movie is that Anna doesn't seem to tell her fiance that she had that three week. Because well, why I, would I, she? I, you know, why would she? It's her bachelorette party. She should. I mean, how, how do you? Kind of how, sucks. Yeah. How do you? How do you live life with that on your conscience? Well, I mean, you you have that, so you could yeah. look at it, I guess, as Dan. You wealthy. know, you know, you Dan. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to <laughs> upset somebody else uh, and like put them through hell. So you take it all on your own, I guess, is what I'm guessing that was the case. She was marrying a rich guy. So she was like, he probably hoard around, too. So I'm good. Why was she in Mexico alone? That's also a good question. I mean, it could have been the bachelor. Or I guess it wasn't a bachelorette. No, party, I, she was just there. Yeah. With friends. No, I think I think it's. I mean, to be crass about it, it's. Why were they there? Liars are liars, and and she's lying, and she doesn't. She's not going to ruin her meal ticket. So. And he realized that, yeah. and yeah, I mean they, had, they yeah. So no, I, man, I, we we watch Love Is Blind like that. Should, you got to own up to it. you get accountability. Oh. Accountab well, yeah, I totally agree. I have not watched Love Is Blind, but I do see the TikTok videos, and it's amazing. I would I would die holding that kind of a secret, but um, I, I can see why she, it wouldn't hurt her. <laughs> I mean, she's she's been se seemingly walking around with the pain of of Rick and like how did how did Barry not sense it? I don't know. There's just a chapter in this book that we don't get. Not that we need it because that isn't this movie. But well, I mean, like she even tells him. You know, like I didn't expect it. I met you, and you changed. You changed it, but then she went back home and did the thing, right? Yeah, I mean, for sure. what the movie is, she had her before sunrise with him. Yes, <laughs> there you go. I love how he Preston. Didn't... Preston is like, I would like a bigger explanation on how she gets around with her your her conscious based on cheating on someone and trying to start a marriage and Brian's like why weren't there more tits <laughs> this is our dynamic Dan it's per no I know it's just like somehow it's distilled to this perfect like Preston wants a good story that makes sense for these characters and Brian's like she could have shown her nipples <laughs> I'm telling you heart and brain over here Another part of the body over there. <laughs> That's why it works so well. <laughs> I agree. It's perfect. Can you get an STD from a polar bear? 
No, that's but, I mean, by the I, way, I really my uh, another like uh, quiet joke in that moment is that he's like as soon as he realizes that it's the polar bear, he's like and it starts going away. He's like, Good boy, good boy. I mean good girl. Like good he girl. Did, he didn't even want <laughs> <I know>. to <laughs> that's Zach. Like it was a Fanakis. girl polar bear. Yeah. It's okay. It's not gay. That's Zach Galifianakis. I mean, that's like, I mean, I got to imagine that his improv in this movie, like when they were about to fly on the plane and he's getting it ready and he's like, what's the in-flight movie? Hope it's not alive. Yeah. <laughs> and then like he bumps his head and he just like, okay. <laughs> it's just like, that's a genius comedy chops right there. And, yeah. If, and if we're talking about gripes, I think one gripe that I would definitely have is the fact that I feel like a lot of the secondary characters other than obviously... Zach Galifianakis went on to way more success. And I, and I always like think to myself, I was like, what if they were the, like, what if Tom, it was Thomas Lennon, Zach Galifianakis, um, David Keckner looks too old, but you know what I mean? Like these are all people who have had hilarious comments and, and the other guys in the movie. It's just, I mean, I think I've saw, I looked on some of their IMDb. I was like, Oh, maybe I've seen some of these people before. Yeah. But, um, but like, but it's the fact that the secondary cast is so stacked in this movie. Yeah, like the, the Pigpen, Derek Hamilton, like he's he's the movie to me. I really love him in this, but I honestly kind of get him confused with the dude from Final Destination. <laughs> yes. So, they, so yeah. yeah. I actually looked at him and I was like, is that? And then I said, nope. No, it's not. Yeah, AJ AJ Cook, uh, Jenny, who's the girl that lives there. I mean, she was she was on Criminal Minds, so she or she was okay. Why TV do you think checks? Richard Donner was in this movie, the director of Superman and the Goonies? Huh? Yeah, I don't know. He well, had a cameo as one of the bartenders with Roy from The Office. I yeah, I don't know. So cut cut those limes for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was oh, like it's just like was he in town or did he know these people i'm just curious on like how that happens maybe it's a superman 2 joke like he's coming in to fix it up it is the pretty donner, good the donner cut the, the donner cut there you go the donner, the donner cut. party oh the donner, oh. The donner, donner party of five yeah, yeah. <laughs> donner party of five <laughs> um out, oh, god damn, this movie is so good. I, it, it, which is, which is pissing me off because you cannot find this movie anywhere. Like, yeah. it, I had to pay twenty bucks for this movie digitally, and it's not anywhere streaming. I don't remember yeah. it being on Blu-ray or four K. Like, I remember a DVD of it, but I, I why has this not do. been released? Thanks, Bin Laden. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. <laughs> No, it was Bin Laden. We're still back in 2001. That's true. We are. It's, it's Bush. It was Bush. And I mean, it was all Bush. I, I don't understand why, like, this movie out of all movies, why, I mean, why can't we get a retrospective of this movie? Because it's clearly product of the time and they don't make movies like this anymore. And you could probably get quite a few people to come back and talk about it. Well, if you see, I, I, I went on IMDb last night and was just reading about this. If you see the the like recommended movies, they're like Saving Silverman, mm-hmm. Grandma's Boy, um, great movies. Like all the all these like hilarious movies from the early two thousands. But I was like, I've never heard. I, I had never heard about this movie before I saw it. So 
And so coming into it, Chelsea, talk, talk tell, tell me, because we had seen it. Um, you're going into it blind. What, like going through it, did, when did it really click for you? Was it early? Was it in the middle? Or did you just like take you to the end to like, oh, I really like that movie? No, it was maybe like 20 minutes in to where I was like, well, the pacing is really good. The It's funny. Um, I like everybody in it. And it's giving me a good good story that's lighthearted, raunchy, not too not too serious. No, like 20 minutes in, 15. What were your favorite parts? Pretty much. Um I will tell you that the thing about the the bull, the rodeo bull, made me think <laughs> of when when I ate shit on um, when I ate shit trying to ride a bull when I was younger. That was it? What? That, that like that you you were on a mechanical bull and you ate it like you fell off? Well, yeah, but it's like you think you look like hot shit. Oh, yeah. You think you look like hot shit. And I was like, yeah, I'm doing really good. Was on it for a little bit. <laughs> Wiped the fuck out. Oh, and to be fair, in this movie, it looks like it's going like a half a mile an hour, like in yeah. slow mo. Yeah. <laughs> I do like when they start taking the bull away, and it's like the worst thing to Zach Galifianakis's character. <laughs> it's like, where are you going with the bull? We can't get, can't get rid of the bull. I like how Zach Galifianakis looks forty compared to everyone. Everywhere. Else. No, compared yeah, to for everyone. David Keckner. Well, that's Stumpy. He's he's been there before the mountain he'll be there after my thing is is like david kegner hasn't aged in 23 years can i can i say one thing that i thought of yeah sure no that's um, not what this is for oh no i i just i was watching david kegner and all i was thinking was if he stopped acting brian could just come into that yeah, could you just come into that stumpy role and just kill it? Like me? Yeah. Just like be like the crazy old person just telling stories? I was yeah. there. It was the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> it's just quintessentially you. I, I could buy that. I like yeah, that. Could, he has he a good time. A, yeah, he has like a odd way, like, because he's, he's a. Uh... Like I love, I love, yeah, I love when he's help trying to help uh, Zach Galifianakis get his little Elvis out of the uh, out of the hot tub uh, jet. He comes over there with like some shears and everything, and like just that. That's you, man. Like you're you're trying to like get people. You're you're that um, those videos that go on like TikTok and Instagram of like that guy mm -hmm. that works at mm -hmm. like the. Uh, <clears throat> Like the Superman ride or something like that, where he's like, "Oh no, the button's not working." He go boom, he like send him down. So like, yeah. I feel like that that that's definitely your type of humor. Got him. <laughs> See, yeah, you're you're definitely the one when he he gets the the like shears out and then the alcohol and the lime, and you think he's gonna like do it because of like the salt, and he just takes a shot of it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. I do like that. Um, 
what was your favorite part, Dan, in Out Cold? Um, just a, a lot of the little back and forth. We already talked about the coming out scene kind of with Roy from The Office. That just made me laugh. Just all the little character interactions just really made me chuckle. But I really like the idea of uh, King of the Mountain. That seems like a really fun, like if I worked on a, and I could ski, that just seems like something I would yeah. definitely take part in. That looked fun. Yeah, especially since they say like there's no rules or anything like yeah. cheating's encouraged. encouraged. <laughs> the guy who held it in his mouth was genius. I mean that. I mean it's basically Charlie McDennis on the slopes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, those are probably my far favorite parts. Did you like that the black guy of the movie couldn't ski? <laughs> <laughs> just going right for the throat. He it was so could. funny. <laughs> he could. He was just scared at the end a little bit <laughs> he oh wiped out <laughs> that was funny it was funny it was a good joke Preston what was your favorite part uh it was it was the uh the wheelchair bit in it but I, I don't know there, there's <laughs> I think it's the ongoing uh fights between Pigpen and Zach Galifianakis them punching each other because they're they brothers in the movie and they're see, like there's it's such a good dynamic I can't tell you, like me and one of my good friends in uh, elementary school and middle school when this came out and I owned it on VHS, I remember going on road trips to Galveston. And at the time we stuck like our little TV, wedged it in between uh, the seats in my in my parents' car. And we would play this movie over and over and we would constantly rewind the bit with Rick telling Pigpen the whole story of how he met Anna. And at the end of it, he's like, who? And then mm -hmm. he starts, like, uh, Zach Galifianakis just starts punching Pigpen. He's like, Anna, the whole girl that we were talking about the whole time. Um, so, like, their their whole play, brotherly play with each other, them doing the pranks and just, like, uh, he's like, even when it comes to the car bit, what does he say? He he's like, you sure you want to do this? This might like traumatize him. He's mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, what what Brian? What did they? Do you remember what uh, Flex Al Alexander said as Anthony? I was trying to remember the line. I'm trying uh, to remember too. Does anybody oh. remember? It, it's like, oh, I'm uh, as the inheritor of the estate. I take full responsibility. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. There is, I'm trying to think of some of my favorite ones. I do love when they were in the restaurant and the, uh, the, the girlfriend from Mexico comes in and tells Zach Galifianakis to play the song and he plays, I like big butts and I cannot lie was yeah. so good. <laughs> like it was so unexpected, but it was so great. And then I'm trying to remember the scene, but it was, it was like a throwaway joke and you hear it in the background, but I think they're, giving like like a pill or medicine or something like that to zach alfanakis and everybody and he's talking about his dick he's like will it will it make it bigger uh -huh. <laughs> yeah and like that's yes. such a funny line and it's uh yeah it's the wheel it's the wheelchair thing with barry because yeah he's, he's like i heard about your little accident here take take these yeah, take it's these. Like, we'll make make bigger. It bigger. <laughs> it's, it's that stuff that gets me, and it's that little bit of comedy. But I, I, I like this whole movie, and it's a shame that it didn't do 
any better. Did 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 uh Roger Ebert write a review for this? I didn't see one. No. Um, yeah, I tried looking it up, but it, I didn't see it there. But man, it, it, still, I want to bring up like just so many of the small little moments, like <laughs> the here here's your jackets, like with, with all the stuff with like Lee Major, like here's your jackets. Uh, we're, we're gonna dock it out your first pay. Don't, hey, don't worry. Yeah, about that was it. great. It was such a dick and thing then, to do. Yeah, and, and then when Rick is like throws the the hat he's like that's a 300 dollars hat bitch <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah the bitch at the end is what yeah it. yeah <laughs> it, that was good well either even like at the towards the end of the movie somebody says like it's a bunch of hot sluts with tits or something like that oh because he's trying it's it's roy from yeah the oh yeah he's, he's trying, trying to be feminine he's like i lead hot sluts with tits and no, they're like wait like, we're where all the hot sluts with tits. He's like, you don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's such yeah. a good line. Um, uh, hey, here, here's something to think about. Uh, I, I felt like the punishment didn't fit the crime for all the guys to just get fired for essentially just like one story of the hot tub incident. I was like, what did that really affect? One person saw that. And okay. I... But also they were constantly drinking and drunk on the job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're Which, getting the job done, though. Yeah, yeah and it's a ski I, resort. What else are you going to do? In Alaska. I'm not drink 40s all day while trying, <laughs> you know, paying yes. safety shit to children. I was going to say, safety was not a high priority. Yeah, but that, that all of that was not on the list of the stuff that Ted Muntz brought up. And the reason why they were being fired. True. Yeah, they correct. Said, That's they, true. They, they said it was the jets, the 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 jet uh, hot tub incident, and uh, it was like one other thing. I can't remember what it was, but it, I was just like, "That's not. That doesn't warrant them being fired." Oh, it was the the drug testing? I was yeah, like, yeah. They just it's fine. And Pigpen <laughs> shits in the cup. It's so good. <laughs> yes, that was hilarious. I was go dying. to the bathroom in the cup. Well, yeah. like, but like that line he says, where it's like, "I don't need a pee in a cup to tell you I take drugs." Dude, like that yeah. is such a goddamn great line hilarious. that I want to use that in real life. <laughs> it's yeah. just Even such a all, good line. All Thomas Lennon's like ongoing bits about sticking things up his up ass. Yeah, and then he <laughs> ends with him getting a boot up his ass. It's so good. Um, I got a question, and I've seen this in a bunch of movies, and it happens in this movie, and I'm curious on where y'all stand with this, because to me it doesn't make sense, but maybe you have a different opinion. So in this movie, and like other movies, when two people agree to meet at a place, a dinner, a bar, somebody doesn't show up. Um, usually the other person that's there waiting for them waits there for an extremely long time. And so in this case, in Out Cold, the girl's waiting on London's character and she's like four or five beers in, meaning she's probably waited there 90 minutes for him to show up. Is this a thing? Like, because like in, in real life, I feel like if I was in that situation and I was the person waiting, it, it would be like 15 minutes before I left. I, 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 I would know. probably I... finish. I wouldn't have stayed. I feel like I, at that point, because of how low you made me sink, I would try to equalize that and be like, I waited around like that. And then the yeah. people were there, saw it. Oh, get that to, guilt on. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna crush you. Damn. Well, what? Well, well, okay, Preston. and I'm gonna have a good time while I'm doing it. So I'm gonna drink a beer. All right, Chelsea. I'd probably have like one drink and then leave, but I'm not waiting on. But also, I feel like that speaks to just how little the their kind of small ski town was, and how much she liked him. That she was waiting around for him. Okay. Trying to give him yeah. room for failure. A lot of room for yeah. failure. What about you, Dan? Uh, I would have had a beer. And then I would have left. <laughs> but not like four or five beers. You didn't wait till the restaurant no. closed, right? Like, I mean, no, it happened in no, Dumb no, and Dumber no. where she, she Jim Perry is waiting on Mary Swanson. She, huh? get something to, she didn't even eat. I was like, get yeah. something to eat. I'd Don't wait, play football on the table. I'd wait 20 minutes. 20, 30 yeah. minutes. I'd wait yeah, just where good. it's long enough. Like, oh, this person's running five or ten minutes late. And then it's like maybe there was an accident or some really bad traffic and they don't have my number. And then once like t- minute 20 hit, I would be like, yeah, finishing this beer and walking out of here to not embarrass myself. And then once it's all like 30 minutes, I'm, I'm I would not be there. See, I face. love that us three Chelsea, Dan and I were like, we're We're out. But presence like, fuck this person. I'm going to drink myself into oblivion and make them know that. <laughs> guilty. Hey, I've honestly been in that position before it wasn't exactly that scenario but uh i was with someone and they didn't want me to be with their friends like when they were hanging out with their friends um and so i was dropped off at a mall and i felt like shit the whole time and i was like super depressed uh i think about that moment a lot um tell me Tell me their name, their address. I just want to have a conversation. No, I, w- I won't no. tell you. I know. <laughs> no. Won't, won't, won't tell you, but um, y- yeah. So I think if I was really in that situation, I would not be just having five beers and all that. But obviously, like, I'd be like, like we were saying, like, she... They're in a small town. There's only so much to do when there's snow around and everything. I would just be go. I mean, ideally, I would say, hey, I'd just go home, have a bath and everything and just like make the evening of it to shake that that situation off. Or I would have been like, hey, restaurant, can I use your phone? I'm going to call the one place that they typically go to and just say, hey, have you seen Rick around? Um, and then use that as a so obviously I think she was just more just trying to make him feel extremely guilty for that. So he would have to work so much harder to try to win her affection in the end. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. And so in the movie, the car that Jason London drives is very similar to Preston's car. And now I want to ask Preston if he's going to put a snow plow on the front of his <laughs> fucking sports car. <laughs> you know how many times I've driven in bad traffic where I wish I had that damn thing and do it <laughs> Mad Max style. Um, yeah. Essentially has this exact same car from days to confused. Yeah. Just put it, put it on there. Yeah. It's it's very true, uh, and, and I think I think both his character in Days of Confused and in this movie, they both are wearing Pink Floyd shirts at some point in time. Yeah, yeah. they are. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he takes the name Rick Richard Linklater, so yeah. maybe. Well, you got to do what Randall Pink Floyd wants to do. Um, so, okay. Wait, Out of, I, I was going to bring up my favorite line in the whole movie is uh, I, I think I put it in my notes. Yes. 
it's another pig pen line. He says, I'm not good at anything else. Not that I was good at this, whatever this was. At least it was familiar to me. I thought that was such that's, a like that's a thinking, that's so a Preston line that comes full it was circle. So sad though. Yeah. Yeah. But you love Pigpen. He's so good in this movie. And he gets the girl. Yeah. Everybody's talking about hooking up with chicks. Pigpen goes further and goes to the lesbian chat room. And he's the one that gets the hot girl in the end. Yeah. Does he? I mean, yeah, they're like him and the the Swedish model set. or something. Yeah. Yeah, Finn, yeah he, they're, they're Inga. end up together. <laughs> I don't think they end up he, together. He, I think yeah, they end he, up doinking. But yeah. doinking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, they did. They did what? Doinking. You never heard that? I have, but not in a long time. <laughs> now I'm just curious. Is like, do you go around calling it doinking? No. <laughs> she senses herself in some such interesting ways. You know, just doinking here and there. We just gonna go doinking. <laughs> Rick, what's all? What, what's your word for shit and uh, bitch? Like, what? What are your other words? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, I, I use, I use shit and bitch, but okay. I, I don't draw the line at fucking. Yeah, she don't say fuck, and she say doinking. <laughs> I use fucking all the time. Coitus. They be doinking. <laughs> I have used coitus. Uh God, Out Cold brings it out in us. This is a good movie, y'all. This is so good. Um, the music, the, the song selection in this movie is great. Like, it's an actual great soundtrack full of great music. Actually, this is the second movie that we've done in our romantic love month that features the same song by Sum 41. It um, is! Makes no oh. difference! It is. Yeah. Oh man, it's got Eve Six, it's got Foo Fighters, Andrew WK, Jimmy Eat World, and Sir yeah. Mix a lot. That's insane. What a good what a good soundtrack. It uh, even it even on the cover, it has like a sticker with saying like what bands are featured in this film's soundtrack. And I noticed that's a pretty common thing. Like uh actually I wanna say even because the MVD Rewind collection that I have, like they they celebrate the '80s and everything like that, and so I believe the Ski Patrol movie has like a sticker. It's even a part of the trailer, like featuring music by like that's like that's their their lead in. Like that's because how they're stuff, they're trying to hook you. Like our movie they, may be so so, but the score or the soundtrack's gonna. Bring well, you I, I remember movies like this used to be pushed like hard by like MTV kind of mm -hmm. thing they would have the cast on and then they would have like from the from the you know out cold it's it's a yeah. some 41 kind of thing yeah. so that yeah. was a big selling point in the early 2000s a lot of the a lot of the horror movies used to do that are action movies like songs by dmx in the trailer um did y'all besides richard donner cameo did y'all recognize the other big cameo in the movie I'm trying to think of all the other cameos yeah, I'm trying to think so uh, clearly i didn't the bad Santa kid. Yeah, yeah, I didn't recognize him. <laughs> a little fat kid um, with the curly hair. It was before Bad Santa, but uh, it was right right around the same time. But he's in this movie. What about uh, Louis Arquette as Papa Months? Like I always yeah. think of him from Little Nicky going as the priest. Yeah, he's yeah. great in this. <laughs> Love his butt. 
Yeah. Yeah. He's he got it on display. <laughs> Don't oh, go changing. He's like, wait, <laughs> they use a Billy Joel song or whatever. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I like this movie. I I this movie is like an A minus A plus to me. Like it's a great comedy that is so many people have not seen or undiscovered. And I think it's just people need to see it because it's it is a sweet movie. What do you, what do you think? I mean, I, I give this movie like a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh my God. It's every, so good. Every week, every week, 90%. Oppenheimer, 20. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I would give, hmm, I think I'd give this like a 60. To go from 8% to a 60. Like I would tell people to watch it, but I think that there are some other 2000, 2001 comedies that I would watch before it. Like Zoolander? <laughs> Maybe. Mm, interesting. Uh, Chelsea, what do you give it? Would you watch this movie again? It's your first time. Do you want to show this to other people to give you that sense of, God, I got to show this to people. I know my friends haven't seen it. Yeah, I, I wanted to just show, show it to like high school friends that I haven't seen in a really long time. Yeah. Um, but no, I think I'm going to agree with Dan and say this is probably like a just out of rotten for me. So it's like a 60. Okay. Preston? I uh, I love this movie a lot. Um, I don't know if I would go 90 with it, but <laughs> I like um, I, I give it probably a 75 or something like that. Like it's a C grade uh, movie like that accomplishes everything that it sets out to while being mm -hmm. fun, romantic and everything. So, but then I just have a different criteria for what I place in my B box and A box. And so, but I love, love this movie. I bought it a long time ago in digital and I watch it quite frequently to the point where I know most of the lines and watched a lot when I was young. So it has a very special place in my heart and I would definitely recommend it to a lot of my friends and everything like that. It's just like, it's such a light movie and you don't have to like overthink. It's not going to drive you crazy or anything with like its narrative plot or anything like that. It's just an enjoyable time that has some solid jokes in it. And um, at the end of the day, you're like, oh yeah, that was a good like a uh, pizza night friday type of movie nothing more yeah i i, I agree I, I mean i give this movie a 90 percent because i think it's funny as shit and like one thing that i've thought about so much is that zach galifianakis line what's the in-flight movie i hope it's not alive oh, that stuck with me for so long like that scene is so good and like even when dan said like the car prank when he's drunk as shit he's passed out they put him in the driver's seat and everybody's twisting the car in the road to make which him seem physically like doesn't make sense yeah but like it's funny they wake him up and like his reaction because his brother is laughing at him is to bang his head several times on the steering wheel it's just so funny to me uh yeah what, what if the bear ate his dick like yeah it just <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's wait, a lot of so, wait so what would you give this if it had tits in it though 100 percent. 100 percent. it's what it needed just, just wanted to know. it'd be a five-star movie if it had titties in it uh, <laughs> uh, all right so we, we, we just talked about um 
out some cold. Some uh, snow. We're going to some other snow. We're going to some other snow. We, this movie takes place in Alaska. Um, we're going to go to another Alaskan thing that's been making the news rounds for the last week. And that, of course, uh, we got to talk about um, True Detective, Night Country. It's six episode run on Max has ended. There's been a lot of controversy surrounding it. People liking what it did. People not liking what it did. The original creator of True Detective just going balls in, saying he hates the show. And then what is even better and really comedic about that is that the the director of all six episodes of Night Country just got the job to do a fifth season all to herself as well of True Detective. Um, so... Chelsea, I know you brought this up. Um, what's our discourse on True Detective? What do you want to talk about? Because I know you, you, you've you talked to us well, and you have your real friends groups besides us talking oh, about True Detective. We're <laughs> fake friends. Real friends. <laughs> real friends. No, I, I just wanted to bring this up because I feel like this is the biggest like entertainment like discourse this week with true detective ending and with people being like oh this is the worst fucking thing i've ever seen hbo put their name on kind of thing how how the fuck did they which is so not like, true well yeah have you seen have you seen hung hung is awesome but i i don't know i just wanted to talk about anybody that had seen it because i was like yeah this season was so fucking bad it was the most watched season of the of the show ever like i i personally loved night country um i thought 10 minutes of the finale was very silly but jesus christ this was the best true detective since season one and it i agree great. with that i agree with that and i'm just i just want I don't, I don't know. I just want to to tell Nick how much of a dick he was. So Nick Pizzolatto is like the original showrunner and creator of True Detective. And he's come out on social media just trashing everything about this night country season, which, I mean, I don't know where he's coming from. I'm curious. I, I mean, I guess he watched it, but... I don't know why somebody would have such a strong discourse to a show like this. And that's where um, I'm, I'm finding like, that's where my questions lie is like why you're getting money from this. You created, you're getting some sort of money. Your name is still in the news, but why attack this show? Cause it, in the scheme of things, it's not, it's not bad at all. It's actually very good. I think what Issa did with this was amazing do i have some gripes with it i i mean i you know we all think different things could have been handled you know differently but it reminded me a lot of um this the cosmic core reminded me a lot of this movie called that's i don't know that i always say i love and then no one's ever seen it it's called the empty man Oh, I've seen it. Okay. I love The Empty Man. So it has Empty that. Empty Man is fun. Yeah. It has that kind of like cosmic Lovecraftian horror to it. 
um, on the fringes. And I don't, I, I think it brought me everything that I wanted. And I just, I just, I don't understand shitting on it. And I feel like there's a very thin line of, do you hate this show or do you just not want a woman to run it? And I think like there's a, probably like a, a bit of both. Woman. I think there's a bit of both in that. That's what I'm guessing. Uh, I, for me, I obviously watched the whole thing. I think that the first three episodes are awesome. Um, I loved everything about the first three episodes. I thought the fourth episode was okay. I thought the fifth episode set up a good finale. And then I think the finale had good and bad parts. Like, I can't be more descriptive than that. I enjoyed the show as a whole. I had fun with it. I thought it was Jodie Foster was amazing. I thought that Callie Reese, who I'd never known anything about, was great. Um, but I think that they're obviously like we can sit here and just saying not every single aspect of the finale worked for me. I don't think is a mean criticism where people are going mm-hmm. online. What we're seeing is just pure insanity. But I also think that that's a very small vocal minority of jerks for lack of a better term um and obviously the fact that it's the most watched true detective season ever and the fact that they're giving the reins for next season to the creator and showrunner of this season means that it's all good in the hood you know like the small minority is not going to ruin this thing Maybe they learned from the whole Ryan Johnson thing, like let the person who like really shook things up keep going. See yeah. Yeah. For I, sure. I hope, I hope so because, as we know, I think the last Jedi, Jedi is the best. Um, yep. I, I. Yeah. Yeah, I think the main thing. I think we all liked it. We all enjoyed it. Um, I think my only criticism and I hope that they do this in the fifth season is I'd like to see some more detecting. And I know that that's a very small, pathetic way to look at it. Cause obviously she made the show that she wanted to make, but in those first three episodes, when Jodie Foster was quizzing, um, mm-hmm. the young deputy being like, you're not asking the right questions. You're not asking the right questions. And when he would ask the right question, it would like expose more about what they need to look into. I thought that was amazing. And they just yeah. completely abandoned that. Yeah, that's when she she was doing it, being a true detective. A a true detective. And it's like, it's like, was, is this like the first movie since Science of the Limbs where Foster has played a detective? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Why, like, why don't we have Jodie Foster as more detectives? But that was my, like, honestly, that was my only, that was. Because she didn't want to become Kyle Chandler. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. No, but, but it comes full, full circle in the end where Danvers spoilers i mean a Uh, little bit we're already there who cares um where danvers says you know not all questions have answers they've been you know she's been asking all of these questions from all different angles um you know trying to get the right question but some some things don't have answers and i i appreciate an an ambiguous kind of more abstract ending i'm yeah. It, the discourse reminds me of the ending of like Lost, or No Country yeah. for Old Men. Yeah, They're just like humanity's fucked up, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
no, I agree. And I just, I'm really excited to see what she does next. And I think she and the rest of the cast have handled the, the disgustingness with, with a lot of grace. Um, and yeah. My, my favorite part is that he is Nick who's won't shut up um, is an executive producer, which means he's making every <laughs> for the six episodes he, and he's the creator of it. So he's probably, I'm just throwing out numbers probably made like half a million dollars. That's, that's what I said. I said, he's making money. Why is he a lot of money? I mean, why couldn't you just say like, yeah, this, w- I didn't have a part of this show, but good for them. Like he like, could have just said that he's going to get yeah. past, like, because I guarantee you there's going to be a six and there'll probably be a seven and it may move on to a new creator. Maybe it'll be a thing that goes on. They pass between these creators and he's going to be getting passive income from HBO. Well, like, and like the one thing is I'm still questioning, like ask the right questions. Why is he so upset about this? Because it's, he feels like it's his baby. Yeah. But then his baby just had the best success that it ever had. But he sold his little IP Correct. baby. Yeah. That's what it really is. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I think. I think. It's, it's like he had a. Think, it's a live baby. Yeah. <laughs> I think, as in the show, I think uh, men's feelings are a little fragile sometimes. Yeah. He. My, it's. Yeah. Are it, we fragile? Yeah. Are we fragile? Absolutely. Oh, definitely. I am for sure. Definitely. <laughs> I'd like to think that if I had wrote something that was acclaimed and celebrated and loved, and then I felt like I wasn't, you know, stepping in the in the, in the same area as before, I would be totally comfortable with just, hey, like that's as much creative room as I had, and I'm put, and I'll let the next person take the baton and not in a Star Wars uh, kind of way where it feels like half-assed with that planning. Um, so yeah, yeah, he needs he needs to grow up. That's all. Right. Yeah, so this he, was, this was retrofitted as a true detective series. Yeah. Correct. So it wasn't, it wasn't pitched as, so one, I would like for her probably more to touch, she probably won't talk about it, but what it was supposed to be initially without the true detective kind of like mythology coming running through it and uh, yeah. yeah and they didn't even do the like if if that's what what they're doing with the spiral is the spiral is just going to be a thing that pops up as like a sign of evil and it's never going to be explained you know like i'm perfectly fine with that i was just going to say i'm kind of okay with that but i yeah. i thought in the in like the second episode i was like oh shit they're name dropping russ cole's dad and the, the spiral tuttles. is on a dead girl. Yeah, and the tuttles and the spirals on some like on a, a dead guy's forehead, and then there's like a a straw doll, <laughs> like in a like kind I thought of a that flat they were, circle. Yeah, I thought they were going full <laughs> into it, but if they're just like playing, if they're just riffing on it, where it's like, then I'm perfectly, I'm perfectly fine with that, and that's that's on me. Like I can only watch the show they put in front of me, but I've been so conditioned to be like, this is all connected and that sort of stuff when I should have known it wasn't because the second season wasn't connected with the third or the first, like there's a little throwaway line, but it wasn't a huge yeah. thing. So that's kind of on me. It's like they made troll too. 
you know like yeah. they that wasn't supposed to be a troll sequel and then they and, and, made it work <laughs> and i hope they go completely somewhere else i i mean i know that the the fifth season is not, not going to be a continuation of anything going up on up in alaska but i hope it's yeah. a like i hope Fargo. it's like you know yeah just it's gonna be i don't know maybe now we're in south carolina you know or okay let's go to nebraska and that's where there's going to be something they're going to look into and do some detectiving. Yeah. Let's hit yeah. all the different elements. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Do do one abroad, make it like a White yeah. Lotus type thing where it's a foreign detective. That'd be. Yeah. Go to Hawaii wow. now. Bahamas, gotta go do. Yeah. I know what you did the last Bahamas summer. Bahamas true detective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I no, I, I I'm glad that we're all rational about it. And as the only person who's seen Madam Webb, I can tell you, things could be worse, guys. Things, things could be worse. Things could be a lot worse. It's good. Um, now, but, now, Dan, I am at the point where I want to watch this. Madam Webb, yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we will do it on this podcast at some point. Guys, we can do the caveats of like, I understand it's hard to make a movie. Nobody in this was trying to make a bad movie. But holy shit. Um, it's, 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 <laughs> I've heard it's that ADR is otherworldly. Yeah, Dude, with the villain. You, yeah. you only see the villain's mouth move like maybe four times in the whole movie. The rest is shot over his shoulder or like behind his head in a car. And then later on, he puts on a stupid Spider-Man fake mask that's not a Spider-Man mask. And so everything can be ADR'd in the sound. It's so bad. It's so I've never seen a movie and just the whole conceit of it. I've never seen a movie that's a prequel for a prequel. Like it's it's incredible. Isn't it a standalone? It's supposed to be like a stand. It's the, the origin of Madame. Is, yeah, yeah. It's the origin of Madame Web, but they're trying to also set up like the three Spider Women who never become the Spider Women in this movie. So they it's were like dipping their toes. That's what I mean. They were like, hey, we're going to show you, we're going to give you a little tease of a tease of a future movie that may never happen. It was just, it's so bad. They, it's thought, so they thought they had a Dune on their hands, but they didn't. <laughs> Dune, Dune rocks. Dune 2. Um, so, bringing it back to Out Cold in Alaska, Dan, John Wickett. Oh, Oh, this is hard. I mean, to be fair, that's probably how they shot a lot of the driving scenes with Keanu is they just had stunt coordinators outside of the car spinning it around <laughs> just like a Santa Galifianakis. <laughs> <laughs> and he just had to react. <laughs> <laughs> that whole Arc de Triomphe sign is a bunch of guys in green suits just spinning his car in circles as he shoots out the window. <laughs> I feel like John Wick would would own a like a uh yeah, like a little sleepier, um, like that's where he goes to unwind. Continental, yeah. yeah. Like Papa Muntz is the original king. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. King of the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh, out cold, so great. Um, we are fear and loathing in cinema podcast. We are happy y'all listen to us. Um. Out cold, find it somewhere. It's hard to find. Uh, Chelsea, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter saying how good Night Country is. 
You fight the good uh, as, fight? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be fighting the good fight. Um, as Miss underscore Tenenbaum or Chelsea Nico on everything else. Dan? Find me on Fear and Loathing in Cinema Instagram or Fear and Loathing in Cinema at gmail.com and at every screening that I can get away from my family to go see Dune 2 next week. Jeez. Every Jeez. Really hate them. <laughs> every chance I get, I'm going to be like, hey. hey, I got three hours, I'm going to Dune. Hey, if Austin Butler's getting more attention than your family, that is a win. He's a dork. Oh, that is a He's win. A huge, huge dork. Huge fucking door. I'm so with you on that, Dan. I'm just so glad everyone on set was safe. Because if he was in character as the bald spice lord's nephew, who's a psychopath, it would have been really scary for everyone. I like it. Uh, Press, where are they finding you at? Uh, spending time with lots of my family because I love them, Dan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking my family to Dune. Really, my wife's going with me next week. Yeah. Um, she liked them big sandworms. It's not, it, it was not there. They have the Slimer uh, popcorn buckets right now. Oh, yeah, it's coming soon. Yeah, that's a good name for it. That's the mm-hmm. sequel sequel mm-hmm. popcorn bucket mm-hmm. um hit for ghostbusters uh yeah so I'll go there. anyway uh you can find me on instagram as blu-ray dad all my writing on freshfiction.tv and didnrc.com you can also listen to brian and i on my bloody podcast hell yeah i'm brian kluger highdefdigest.com boomstickcomics.com find me brian kluger on instagram mostly but also on tiktok where i'm dancing uh and uh showing off his records yeah showing off those records i forgot go to boomstick because i wrote a review about dune yeah Yeah. dan wrote a great i gotta share that you do it's uh, he says it's like the greatest sequel of all time you made a statement i Uh, I know i I said it could go down as that it won't it won't but It's, e- it's easily in the top 10 and it's going to climb higher as time goes on, I think. It is. Since, since Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Yeah. Check out Dan's review on boomstickcomics.com. It's a good review. Um, he, he, you could tell his excitement in it. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a good Fear and Loathing in Cinema podcast. We'll be back next week with another film and another piece of news uh, and more uh, Nick Pizzolatto <laughs> praise. Yeah. Getting nervous is Brian's pick. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye.